G'day listeners, welcome to Barkarati, the sailing podcast. It's uh, that time of the week where I get to hang out with some really cool sailors and my two idiot mates. First up joining me is Mr Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. The term test rig, uh, we went through it the other day. Test yep. rig is one that uh, on a boat is uh, destined to destroy things. Yep. I've decided there is now a test rig in a fleet. Oh, okay. A fleet and test rig. Well, we've just seen another incident oh. um, <laughs> in the start of the race, and I think we're going to have to start extending the test rig to fleets, so people on boats. So yeah, I know we know who we're going. talking about with that one, don't we? Yeah, I do. I do. How Let's bring in that? the other guy. And um, Unbelievable, eh? Yeah, unbelievable. Let's give him a chance to answer that. He had a yeah, voice no, that will. could make a wolverine purr. Just Nick Boss. Thought you were going to be a self-appointed test rig for a minute there, BP. What was that? But I, no, I caught on to it. Yeah. There's one boat which is causing a few issues amongst yeah. the fleet. Can't I like it. Not only with the one fleet. <laughs> yeah. With any fleet. Yeah. Several fleets. Fishing fleets, uh, sailing fleets, other fleets. <laughs> Just fleets. So anyway, you get my point, right? Yeah, I'm hearing you. For sure. Um, lads. Lads. Yep. What is going on? I've turned up on the Sunshine Coast for the Etchells, uh, expecting to see you two blokes here so we could do a live record, and oh. you're not here. Mm, COVID. I'm in, I'm in Etchells Jail. Etchells Jail. Cheats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Etchells Jail. I'm, in jet, I'm holding the bars. I'm well, dressed in my black and white striped suit. Got my little hat on. Well, the, the good thing <laughs> One is... One meal a day. It, they're still going ahead. The Etchell Nationals and uh, Asia Pacifics are happening uh, at Mooloolaba. Um, literally at my yacht club, so happy days. Uh, they're all turning up, they're all rigging their boats, having a grand old time, but, of course, no Victorian boats can be here because they've been locked down for a, a mm-hmm. little while. And then, um, of course, there's uh, all the the, ban- the stuff going on. So apparently, uh, talking to the organisers uh, last night, the, it's been renamed to the Division Three Cruising Nationals. <laughs> the Cruising Nats. <laughs> and if you... If you cook a roast halfway around, you get extra points. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, oh. How many? How many boats? Uh, thirty-nine, I think. Thirty-nine. So yep. not too yeah, bad. Thirty-nine. Good and luck, how Phil. many? How many boats are in jail? Uh, all of them. Uh, no. Twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it probably would have been. There probably another been ten. Sixty boats. Yeah, another ten or fifteen. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, uh, from uh, from the team at Great White Hunter, good luck to everyone up there. Yep. Um, I know. I know we all want to be up there, but. Uh, Get out there and have fun and uh, Gardo and Snowdy, enjoy yourselves. Well, the best thing is this podcast comes out after they've finished. So <laughs> I right. hope you had a great time and yeah. fuck, those results are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I can't it's believe it rolled that way. <laughs> We're recording very early uh, in the week before the actuals even started. So um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I've learnt from talking to some of the actual boys is the they don't know how to use an app. Uh, and to listen to the show. So they're going, I can't listen oh. to your old episodes. And I'm going, well, just go to the app and then go down um, and look through the the, the menu. But, um, yeah, so if you're listening and you want to find back episodes, you can go to our website and go down through those at barkerati.com. Or you can put on your phone, and it's probably on an Apple phone, a little podcast app. Just Google podcast in your, your – <laughs> And then load that app and then search for Barkarati and every episode will be sitting there. I had to explain that a few times last night. It was quite <laughs> Maybe fun. you could um, – we should actually, on the QR code of the Barkarati cans, mm. I'll change it so yeah. it takes you to a instruction page on the website. It's not a bad idea. 
because there'll be a few cans getting splayed about, right? Yep, yep. They're all loaded up. Yep. Chocker block full of uh, Sailor's Lager. They're going to have a good time. Oh, good on you. Well done. Uh, They're not the most friendly blokes, though, because they did propose that instead of saying, join my two idiot mates, I should use the intro drawn by my one idiot mate and my one normal mate and leave it for you two to debate which one's which. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go. Well, I sail uh, an initial with the number 936, so put that to your mates. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All good. All All good. good. Hey, um, boys. Yeah. Barkarati, we're we're here to help international sailors in their time of need. Um, We've been – That's what we do. That's that's what we do. We're here – and there's so many international sailors getting locked down and in our quarantine – and uh, when we find out, we go, well, you know what, that would be a good time to have a chat to them. So uh, we've <laughs> done it again. We've found another sailor locked down in quarantine, struggling to be anything but bored. So we've reached out and said, come and chat to us. And they said, can't wait. So bit, A bit of therapy. A bit of therapy for the young fella. So <laughs> and we wanted to uh, – I wanted to do this one just because uh, we haven't done a Norwegian sailor yet and I've been hanging out to chat to him. There's some great sailors come out of Norway, uh, lots of friendly people. And also I wanted to pull in uh, a Finn sailor, talk a bit about Finns, and I thought, well, um, I know Anders Peterson is uh, – he goes all right on a Finn. He's going to his second Olympics. He's uh, won – the Silver Cup, which is the Youth World Championships in the Finn, and um, he's sitting in his in his lounge room, just got nothing else to do. So, uh, welcome to the show, Anders. Oh, hi! Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you, mate. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have some uh, time to spend while I'm uh, quarantining. <laughs> um, what was um, Anders two weeks ago? Did you know you were heading into quarantine? Only a month or so from the games or was it kind of a bit all up in the air, everything's changing, all the balls are bouncing, not sure what's next? Uh, Everything is changing all the time. So uh, I guess you just have to plan as we go. So uh, it's the day-to-day almost uh, planning this year. Yeah, Mm. we've had a a lot of chats to a lot of guys guys and girls going to the Olympics and it's been a very tough sort of preparation, obviously missing last year, but uh, continuing the focus. Um, and with the quarantining, it must be it must be a really weird setup. Yeah, it's it's a strange, but I guess you just have to go with the flow and uh, don't think too much about it. So, uh, yeah, we're luckily we're used to travel a lot and uh, be on the road all the time, so it makes it a bit easier. But before we crack into how it all started for you, what what's the next month entail prior to? Uh, where they uh, are going to be downing the postponement flag in Enoshima, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. We're so close now and uh, it looks pretty good. Everybody getting vaccinated and uh, and all that stuff. So I think we're good to go. So, um, and- Anders, we- can I ask, you, do you have a partner? Uh, a girlfriend. As in uh, girlfriend or A girlfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. don't tell her this then and don't tell her how to open an app to listen to this, but I heard that the uh, organisers are giving 14 condoms to every single athlete going to the games in your little gift pack. <laughs> merchandise, <laughs> in your merchandise. Yeah, pack. yeah. It's uh, it's normally a lot of condoms around. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, <laughs> so that's not a problem. Well, COVID, nah. Yeah. Condoms, yeah. <laughs> no worries. 
I know a lot of other guys going to their first Olympics is a bit disappointing that they're uh, with all the COVID restrictions and all that. So that, uh, yeah. Yeah. we'll see how life is on the inside. It's uh, yeah. not fully decided yet, I guess. Well, so this is your second right. You can say, well, it's never normally like this. <laughs> no. It's way much more fun. <laughs> yeah, never, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen it like this before. <laughs> Hey. What a cool thing eh, to rock up in Olympics and say I haven't seen it like this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask, mate. Just on the Olympic thing, in um, in Australia, when uh, we have the Olympics, right? There's a lot of pressure on our swim team, right? Because that's where Australia we expect our swim team to do well, and everything else, and our sailing team. Actually, our sailing team's got a lot of pressure. Everything else is, you know, we're not so good at everything else, so we don't worry about it. But, like, when it comes to the Winter Olympics, there's no pressure at all on any of the athletes. We go, oh, off you go and have a nice time. It's, it's, it's good, you know. No one's mm. expecting an Australian athlete to even oh. get, get a mention. And I wonder, where you're Norwegian, I know that the Winter Olympics is where your country's a, a superstar country. Is it, like, the opposite, like, in... Your summer Olympics team is it? Oh, off you go, have a nice time, or there's a lot of pressure. Oh, we got uh, actually the Olympics is the only time we get some pressure. Uh, Norway is quite good, that, or good. Uh, I don't know, but the uh, the Winter Olympics get a lot of attention all the time in World Cups and World Championships and uh, all sorts of uh, competitions. But uh, for sailing and rowing and and all these summer sports, which is not so big, oh. they uh, they're actually quite big during the Olympics. So the Olympics is mm. uh, our time to shine yeah. once every fourth year. It's, it's the exact opposite of here, you know, like no one, we don't even, we, we won't even see a winter sport here. Oh, well, hang on, we got Stephen You took Bradbury. a gold in some... Uh, yeah, Stephen Bradbury. Ice skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some I was going to say, right? possibly one of the greatest sporting moments in Australia's <laughs> yeah. history. Actually, let's call greatest greatest moment in world sporting yeah. history. Right. It's been debated Just on the show before. Just a classic example that it's... Uh, Better to be lucky than good every time. <laughs> <laughs> the Aussie, oh, right? I mean, story you of up, your life, Jordan. <laughs> I was if you look up Australian in the dictionary, there's a picture of Steve Bradbury. You know that, don't you? Yeah. As he's jumping over the guy at the end and just going, yeah. I reckon that, do they have yeah. snowball fights at the Winter Olympics, I wonder? Like, we'd probably go right in that, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, the opposite to your team would because they got a big bloody target time at <laughs> your head. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough banter, mate. Um yeah, no, we uh, we're we're pretty interested. So, for this is your second Olympics. Yeah, correct. Yep, um, you've been working quite hard. I've been looking at your Facebook a bit, and watching what you're doing. You're you're fairly focused. From the perspective of um, your start in the sport, how did you start? What was your family sailors, or was it just? Yeah, my dad is uh, was a laser sailor and uh, done a lot of big boat stuff. So um, he bought me uh, my first Optimist when I was six, I think. So he tried to push me out on the water quite early. Wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I spent a couple of years being a bit afraid and uh, only started racing when I was about eight, nine, ten, probably in my club. So, um, but had a had a good time growing up uh, at the water. Is it a bit of the Typical Norwegian style had the um, what do you call it? Not a shack, um, like the summer house on the on the water somewhere. Or you were you grew up always close. No, to the I water. actually grew up uh, by the water. I live um, when you look in the map, you see the most narrow point in the Oslofjord. 
Oh, yeah. uh, that's where I grew up. So uh, my my house, uh, my childhood house, is only 50 meters from the water. Mm. So easy access uh, while growing up. Um, yeah, I when I look through your, the boats you've sailed, you you know you sailed the Opti, you sailed the Europe, you sailed the Lazy, you sailed the Finn. Mm. Do you have trouble making Got friends? Got any mates? <laughs> <laughs> the, like, was that with a, an Olympic goal in mind, or is it just the way the the class of boats that you sail up there? No, it was uh, kind of the classic way to go uh, from uh, Optimist to the Europe thingy, and uh, then it was eventually Laser, and I uh, I met this other Norwegian sailor while uh, sailing uh, one of my first camps in the Laser, uh, Christian Root. He done uh, two, three Olympics in the laser. And he just done his first one in uh, Beijing. And he had this speech uh, on this national training camp. And uh, I figured out my, this Olympic uh, circus might, uh, might be something for me. So uh, it was something worth uh, giving a shot. So how old were you when that happened, when that speech happened? Oh, back in 2008. So I was uh, 15, 16. Right. <laughs> That's a size thing. So you would have known pretty quickly that laser was well out of your reach. Yeah, from early on, from the Opti time, I was uh, head higher than the rest of the bunch. So uh, I kind of switched quite early to the Europe uh, and then the laser. And um, then a couple of years after that meeting with uh, with Christian, I decided uh, decided that uh, it was, was better for me to get up to uh, 100 than... Uh, to go and, down uh, torturing that and torturing myself to be at uh, 80, uh, <laughs> 85. So, um, so that was an easy, easy decision. So, <laughs> so what, what's your measurements? How tall are you, mate? I'm 189 uh, oh, yeah. and now I'm 100 kilos. Oh, yeah, that's all right. We're twins. Yeah, might have, have a punch yeah. up with our mate Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, normal size. Normal size. Exactly. <laughs> this is normally where I intervene and uh, mention that Jordan's got a five foot ten man's body, but a seven foot two man's head. So that's what takes him to six foot two. But I wouldn't say it on this particular episode. <laughs> no, Coward. not like you just did. Coward. Oh shit! That's a good a thing problem. for a single hand dinger then, if you can get the head out of the boat and hike it. Yep, yep. yep. What's oh, it? Keep absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're all over it. Do you reckon you're the right? Like, do you want to be taller in the fin? Do you reckon, or you're you're pretty much spot on? Uh, to be honest, I think I could be uh, as tall as possible. Mm. You see the some of the yeah. best guys: Giles Scott, Sambu Berich, Jake. They're uh, pretty uh, tall and pretty skinny, and um, I think that's uh, of course it's uh, favorable because you can be a bit lighter. Yeah, those guys can be around ninety-five kilos, and they can still hike as strong. Yeah, while uh, us uh, short people in the fin class, uh, we need to have a bit of extra kilos to uh, to get the boat go as fast. Is there times where you notice a difference? Like, is there times when it actually pays off to be your your size compared to those guys, or is it just it's just pure leverage? Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen much of that. I uh, I think it's uh, it's. Uh, it's better to be uh, tall and skinny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, Jean, a, I know little, a, a little less consumption of uh, <laughs> beer would be in that particular area, though. So it's all a bit of a yeah. where you want to sit. Yeah. If you're constantly wanting I to have just a little bit. I guess in the bar it's probably good to be, uh, <laughs> be my size. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. 
Yeah. I know Jean-Bourg quite well uh, through my Hungarian connections with uh, some sailing through Hungary. And um, yeah. uh, when he when he stepped up from lasers into uh, into Finn, it was a really interesting move for him. But he just he bulked up quick, and uh, he it, it showed that the the tall person was the way forward. So he had he had a great year. What last year or year before? Sorry, year before. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to say that Ainsley's not that tall. Do you think things have changed though? Oh, maybe, maybe. I, do you I think, think the they, level has uh, gone hit the roof after uh, 2012. Which, yeah, which I really want. I want to touch base on that later through the conversation. Right. But anyway, let's keep rolling through uh, the Anders story. All right. Okay. So, um, so with your with your family with the the sailing background, there <laughs> it was just you and Dad hanging out when it came to the sailing bit. No, the first years where I was hanging out with him and uh, learning how where the wind come from and. Uh, how to find close hole and uh, and all that and uh, and then we just had a really great uh, great community at my uh, my home club. We were uh, almost uh, between forty and fifty boats every Tuesday racing. So uh, that was just great. So people were carrying uh, wooden boats to a Tuesday race, and uh, it was not uh, was was a bit easier times. You know, you didn't have to have the uh, perfect gear and uh, yep. perfect equipment to go racing. Yep. It was a bit uh, lower bar to just go out sailing. Um, so were there any other sports that you thought about instead? Or was it always sailing for you? Oh, I tried it all. I've been uh, cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, a uh, <laughs> bit of golfing. Been through uh, as uh, pretty much uh, any kid tried, tried it all. Was it the Lycra that was a problem with the downhill skiing? No, the downhill ski. I was actually uh, doing downhill skiing until I was uh, 14, 15 uh, in the winter. Then I had to make a choice uh, Mate. <laughs> which one I would go and uh, and sailing is much more fun. So uh, You would you would see an idiot move. Watch me skiing, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> no good. No good. Oh, God, I could go into some funny stories. Loose <laughs> I could go into a Also, I guess when you asking. guys have started making a TV show instead of a podcast, we have to bring you guys to Norway to go skiing. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I, well, I, just, I'm not going to go too far away. I'm not going to go too depth into depth here, but I actually did a season at Mount Buller as a ski lift operator, having never seen the snow in my life. Rock up there, and my first morning was, uh, and uh, BP, you're up at the summit. Never put a pit of ser- set of skis on in my life. So there you go. I had to ski my way up to the top. My God. Jesus. Anyway, that's another story. It but must anyway, be, yeah. um, like, it must be, for us it's sort of surreal, you know, like yeah, you guys it is. just growing up and playing in the snow all the time. Like, most of us haven't seen it, you know. Like, it's just surreal for us. Um, like, uh, it's summer for you now. So, like, what's a normal summer day in Norway? How hot does it get there? Now it's been uh, a, a solid 10 days of uh, 20, 25 degrees every day and a uh, nice sun. So that's... Uh, Perfect summer conditions here in Norway. Yeah, so that's winter for me. <laughs> uh, we go in July, it's going to be a bit hotter. Then it's going to be between 25 and uh, 30, I guess, uh, yeah. some uh, some weeks. And, uh, and that's hot to be in Norway. And, and does it? what does it get down to in the winter? Like what's the cold snaps? <laughs> uh, down south where I live, you can have uh, minus 15. Yeah. Lovely. But uh, up in the mountain, you can easily have uh, minus 20, 25, 30 degrees. So 
can be pretty the list, cool. The, listen, the listeners aren't seeing the video, but see Bicey there. He's got all his gear on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it's, yeah. it's probably 18 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually pretty chilly in Adelaide today. So, yeah, so yeah. how do you yeah. how do you train through winter in that situation? Like, do you sail at all, or you can't because everything's frozen? I want to use you. We sail. We have a we had a YouTube video uploaded. Uh, when I was doing the laser, when we launched on the snow, so we had this big hill when we pushed the boats off and uh, <laughs> and uh, slayed it down in the in the in the water. That was quite cool. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure. It when was. you're when you're done at the high school, we pretty much go uh, go out sailing, uh, go down south pretty pretty fast. Yeah. Wow. Where 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 have your uh, training camps been? Um, this during the winter. We've been staying in uh, Lanzarote. In oh, yeah. the Canary Islands this winter, uh, yeah. which has been really, really good. Mm. So we had some awesome uh, waves and wind conditions down there. So that was uh, pretty sweet. How do you how do you go with the heat? Do you find the heat? Uh, does that get? Uh, normally, I'm quite good, but uh, Tokyo is going to be hot. Yeah, and that's going to be yeah. uh, humid. That's going to be awful. Yeah, I yeah. think that's why BP is asking to see if it's going to affect you. Yeah, the humidity is uh, is something that people don't or will underestimate. Mm. It, both hot and cold, humidity can be a real uh, real factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we uh, Tokyo is going to be uh, really really warm. So we had, we were in Melbourne last uh, summer for you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, that was nothing compared to Tokyo. That was uh, oh Melbourne <laughs> Melbourne Melbourne summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had one day with uh, sandstorm coming in with some uh, pretty high temperatures. So then, uh, but that was uh, still. I remember Not as hot as Tokyo. The, the northerlies, yeah, yeah. So with your um, with the dinghies before you got into the fins, like when you were in the lasers in the Europe, did you do some major competitions with that stuff, or obviously you were in a bit of a training program? Otherwise, you wouldn't have heard that speech. Um, so did you? Yeah, get... I did. Uh, I was quite fast on the youth uh, national team and uh, and did a lot of uh, youth worlds and Europeans championship and regattas. Pretty much everywhere. So yeah, uh, yeah. Have you have you found a favourite place to go sailing? When you like, obviously, Lanzarote would be pretty up there. But have you have you got a favourite place? I loved. Uh, I did uh, before I went back to Melbourne training last year. I did the five point five World Championship in uh, in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Out of Pittwater. Uh, yeah, Pitwater. out of Pittwater. Yeah, uh, and I have to say that uh, except for the long tow, that was a <laughs> pretty nice place. It's, it's yeah, a glamour out through spot. Scotland Island and out through people over there and Lion, Lion Island. Yeah, yep. beautiful. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. So that was you guys, uh, you, guys ra- you, you guys raced off the heads out there most of the time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Long toe though, you're right. Long toe. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so when you you got into sailing as a youngster, were there any uh, sailors that sort of inspired you? Yeah, we had some Norwegian. Uh, Heroes back uh, back in the time we had uh, my old coach Bear Mober who took the bronze in Atlanta in the laser and uh, mm. and his training partner Ivan Melleby they were uh, were quite the heroes when I grew up and of course you heard about Ben Ainsley and Robert Scheidt and all those guys mm-hmm. which were uh, big uh, big shots in the in the sport so yeah um, did you uh, ever get the opportunity to sail against? Sir Ben? Yeah, I did uh, three races against him. I did the Perth uh, World Championship in 2011. And I think uh, Euro or World Cup it was then in Palma and uh, and the World Championship in Falmouth. But, did, uh, you, did you touch him up 
a little bit or <laughs> <laughs> no 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 this was my this was my first ever racing in the fin so i was uh struggling was it, was it the perth the regatta when he jumped out the boat and punched yep. the uh punched the cameraman i think it was i think it was yeah 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 correct <laughs> yeah i i don't think he punched him that's uh at least the official statement but uh yeah <laughs> that's uh that's correct <laughs> um so so that's basically he's your he's your hero <laughs> you go to the first regatta with him and you see him punch someone. <laughs> okay. do you, that was quite uh, funny, actually. Do you, do I remember you that. Set uh, him up a bit yourself. <laughs> no, I remember that last day. I've uh, I heard something happen on the water, and uh, and I got in, and we packed everything up, and we went to the to the party the last day. And I was in the line to get into the bar, and I and I turned around to see uh, if one of my friends were there, and I uh, I turned straight into uh, to Ben Ainsley, and. Uh, and I was like, "Whoa! Surprised! There was the the hero right there." And I, I asked him, "Aren't you aren't you racing tomorrow?" And he just answered quietly, "That uh, never, never argue with the media guy." That's. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> then we went in and had a beer. That's cool. <laughs> what, about, what about um, probably the? I'm trying to think of the the Nor- Norwegian sailor that's had in the fin was um, old time was Harold Ericsson. Do you know that name? Oh man, you don't you can't ask me this history. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. I think he got a silver in the fin back in fifty seven or something. <laughs> oh from memory. <laughs> just, just from memory, AJ. Just, just pulled this yeah, one yeah. out of my pulled this one out of my C four cervicular spinal cord memory memory vein. Yeah, good one. So, no, he's he hasn't been part of it. What about um in terms of I'm trying to there was uh, like Lars. I don't even know how to pronounce. Apologies if we get names wrong. You can tell us how to say it properly. But uh, a Broadcorp, Lars Broadcorp. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. sort of around your ear. He's been. Did you? Is he still sailing against you? Or no, he stopped uh, sailing the fin. He, uh, I think, he still races some Europe dinghy uh, competitions. Oh, okay. And uh, and some OK dinghy regattas. I think he's uh, been at. Okay, but uh, I haven't uh, heard from him in a long time, actually. So, so I think he's uh, most of the time playing chess, actually. <laughs> okay, playing cool. chess of your time. So yeah, then, yeah. who's your training Asian? partner? Like, like, have you got um, competition, main a uh, serious competition in in Norway, or um, or a training partner, or no. you, you're on your own? No, I'm uh, I'm uh, quite alone up here in Norway, uh, racing at uh, at my level. But uh, but they're starting to be some masters. So they, uh, I race with them uh, when I'm home and, uh, and when I can. So I try to be a bit of a coach and uh, pass on some uh, some tips and uh, yeah. So it's yeah. quite a, starting to be about twenty twenty boats now in Norway. So that's uh, gone from zero from four years ago. So that's good. Yeah, right. And how's the, um, through the Olympic path, like the support with your national body, going back to almost that comment that Jordan made about the, the summer Olympics, is there enough support there to do what you need to do? No, we, we do it at a minimum. Uh, without my personal sponsors, it would not be, be possible at all. It's, yeah. uh, I get a coach and I get some, uh, some support to travel, but uh, far from enough. I could easily have done it with the, uh, Two or three or four times uh, yeah, more sure. the support that we that we get, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's who, a bit, who uh, are your sponsors? Mm. Let them, yeah, give them a, a plug. I got a 
I got uh, two uh, firms. That's uh, Sport and Drawback. It's a local uh, sporting goods store, and uh, and a firm called Idea, which makes uh, uh, how do you call it in English? Like uh, corporal branding stuff. Uh, okay. Yep. Everything right. from pens to whatever well, you desire. Yeah. For making some merchandise, swabs, some swabs, mer- some swabs yeah. from the. Uh, from the <laughs> well, Bossy, maybe we could get them to some do our branding, merchandise packs. Some branded swabs from the local hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wonder if we, like, um, I'm wondering, like, if we went into your sports, your local sports store, I wonder if there's stuff in there that we wouldn't even have a clue what it is. Like the, the Oh, would be so many stuffs there you wouldn't have a clue what it is. Is that right? What's I'm, that I'm, little I'm net thing that goes in your hand? What? What's that broom? Oh, yeah, curling. Okay. Yeah, curl. oh, I'd, I'd be interested to go online and just see what we could find. So what was the name of it again? Borton Drawback. It's a family business, actually. Oh. So that's uh, – I'm, yeah. I'm going to go online and see what I can find. That'd be good. That'd be good. It's good that they're getting behind you, mate. So uh, it's good that you get the opportunity. Was Is it something that when it happened it was like relief or it was like – you know, I deserve to be here sort of thought process when you got picked to go to the Olympics. No, it's a, it's a relief. It's a, nobody can expect to go to the Olympics. It's yeah. a, it's few spots and a very hard competition to go there. So uh, yeah. you just have to be, uh, be uh, thankful and uh, happy with and satisfied with the job you've done. So you can never, never expect that to happen. That's uh, it's so many still now, especially from Europe, it's uh, five or six countries good countries which uh, is not qualified and uh, is not going so mm. yeah that's yeah. a it's a tough one yeah what about um the the rest of the team in norway so what's the what's your chances of medals with your team like do you get have that sort of analysis done or if um where, we who's the, now have the strongest team probably in the last four or five olympics going into tokyo with the uh, an FX uh, team who's uh, done very good the last quad. Uh, Laser. Uh, oh, it's not called Laser anymore. Ilka. Ilka <laughs> something. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Ilka. Called, Ilka uh, One Design. <laughs> Ilka One Design. Yeah. Laser. Laser Man. We have Herman, which is uh, has done really good and shows that he's uh, capable of a of a medal. He even medaled in the test event. Mm-hmm. In uh, Tokyo, and we have uh, for the girls, we have Lina, which is uh, bronze medal in the worlds in, in Melbourne. Um, for the uh, listeners, just I'll interrupt for the listeners, Lena is spelled L I N E. Lucky you're not pronouncing that one, Jordan. yeah. I know, I would have destroyed that. So, go on, keep going, my friend. Yeah, and then we have a Finn, of course, which is uh, gonna give it everything in the games. So, yeah. uh, now <laughs> we're gonna have a, a quite strong team, yeah. All right, cool. Um, before we, I want to. I actually want to ask a couple of fun things. So uh, we've been talking about nicknames a lot. Have you got a nickname? Yeah, we're not like to mention it here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Okay, so we've got to try right. and get, get it out of in between while now we're and on the, end of the show. Just message Jake <laughs> straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll just give him a quick uh, message. <laughs> what about superstitions, mate? And has you got any superstitions? While my friends are finding out your nickname, <laughs> believe me, I'm onto it. Oh, not really. I, uh, no, I'm, um, not really. Um, aspirations to sail big boats, offshore keel boats. Yeah. Got quite a, um, uh, 
reputation than Norwegians? It's not so much big boat stuff going on in Norway. I've done some uh, some racing with uh, with a couple of semi-professional teams uh, who race up here. And, well, I wasn't actually uh, I was... really talking about in the current, like in probably the last 200 years, you've had some success in big boats going around yeah, to yeah. countries, ransacking and doing things. <laughs> yeah. 200? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 2,000? <laughs> Ignore the minute. No, no. No, have you tried your hand much at it in the competitive sense? Yeah, I've only done like uh, the most, longest race I've done is a three days, uh, three days race, and uh, but I would love to to do more of it. I think it's a uh, it's a great way of sailing and a great great uh, way to compete. So it's uh, really test you in uh, in many aspects, not just uh, how good you are around the course. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Finn, I mean, obviously the Finn boys are in high demand when they come out of the Finn class into all the other, all the other boats. I just saw um, Maloney and Josh uh, on the, the Sail GP New Zealand boat. So uh, there's, there's plenty of spots, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a few Finn sailors in the Sail GP fleet. Um, actually, before I go too far, because we'll go and talk about the Finn a little bit, but before we go too deep into that, what's your setup? How... So if, if there's Finn fans out there, because you guys are a passionate bunch, what, what boat do you have? What mast do you have? How do you set it up without giving any secrets away? You know? No, we sail uh, pretty much everyone now racing the Devotee the Fantasticas mm-hmm. uh, ever since 2014, 15. Yep. Um, uh, there's two, uh, two mast uh, product, uh, product producers that everyone uses. It's... Uh, Hitmast and uh, and Wilke from Switzerland. I personally I use the Wilke, and uh, yeah. So that's uh, it's no no big secrets uh, going on on, uh, on on that. Some some countries are doing some uh, home productions, but uh, mostly on uh, rudders and centerboards and some booms and stuff. Yeah, and what are your numbers on your mast? Do, I, do we go into that detail? Oh, if I told you that, I have to kill you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was interested okay. in. So can you tell him? <laughs> <laughs> got no, me. no, we understand. Hey, that was a good one, BP. You got me. <laughs> Do you um, – so after a regatta, say you've just come into a regatta and you've just – either had an absolute shitter or, or an absolute blinder, do you ever, is there any ever a uh, bit of bar talk afterwards and people give their numbers away a little bit and you start seeing trends or it's everything's kept completely close to your chest? Oh, that's the uh, big secrets of the fleets, man. Yeah. That's uh, very close to the chest, yeah. That's... Uh... That's uh, what it's all about. That's uh, everyone's secret. But surely, surely the different size and different uh, shapes of people would make a difference to set up here. Yeah, yeah, of course, and uh, it's also also your style, sailing yeah. style, um, and all that uh, taken into consideration. But I, I, I guess it's pretty much uh, similar and uh, for uh, for almost everyone. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, many guys who have a. Uh, extreme difference either other way in you know, style, i was, trying, in to, I was trying to sand the inside of the etchel <laughs> mast the other day <laughs> give her a bit more flex just just to yeah. the side just to the side especially on port tack oh yeah yeah right is that what it is okay there must be like obviously to get to your numbers you must 
do a, a lot of experimentation, you know, especially at an Olympic level. That would be, I would imagine, a major part. Like for me, if I was in the fin, I'd be experimenting with mast and my sail cuts all the time and I'm guessing that chews up a lot of your, your time. Is that is that right with the fin? Oh, yeah. That takes a, takes a lot of time. So uh, so we use... Uh, Use much energy, time, and uh, and money to yeah. mm. to get those things right. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's so the I thing? think that's maybe one of the the reasons the fin sailors are so much in demand. Also, when they do come out of fins, because they've gone yeah. through that yeah, process. Understand data. Yeah. Not not only like big strong guys, but also have understand the different manipulation you need to make a boat go fast, which translates very well into well, especially big boats for sure. Well, so yeah, any, I think that's uh, that I think matter. that's great. Yeah. We use uh, use so much time on the on those processes, and uh, first you have to understand it, but then you actually have to go out and, and test it and see if it's uh, mm. if it's good or bad. So so yeah, that's uh, I think that's uh, it's really good with the fin in in the way of getting you educated to go on and do other sailing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Well, it, Anders, you're safe so far. Jake hasn't come back with a nickname, so um, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep we'll keep pressing. So stand by. Perfect, I'm, perfect. Just hope I don't sand those pot rivets off the inside of the actual rig. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a little tweak. Oh, so. I can't wait to see you see your rig. So with um, with the Fantastica, when that all happened, because that was uh, it wasn't that long ago that the Fantastic has popped out. Um, was it noticeable? Because it still measures. It's a you know. It's a, <laughs> it's, one design. Hey, it's one design. It's one design. Is it one design? <laughs> so it what looks was completely the... different. It's I mean the boat is longer both in the it's uh, extended like in the waterline uh, two centimeters in the in the waterline in the front and in the back. So you see it quite quite well. Taking away the gun wall and the back and in the front and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, but when you when you when you line them up, you you can't really spot the difference before you came close to close to uh, to them on a classic and on a fantastica but uh but it for sure is different selling them so um yeah everyone's uh, choosing the fantastica no, I, I i just find it quite interesting that that perspective you know and, and obviously everyone sort of moved as you said to the fantastica the classics are sort of been sold quite cheaply at the moment all the masters fleet i guess for the old blokes who don't care and too much about winning, I guess. It's a it's a it's a gold mine for those guys. They can just jump in, and and the fin is good for that, isn't it? Like the fin is really good. Oh, it's perfect. It's the it's a great master master boat. Yeah, it's uh, you sit a bit higher than the laser, and you're a bit more comfortable. And uh, if you want to be in pain, it's just to hike a bit harder and uh, pump a bit on the downwind. So it's uh, it's a great boat that way. So yeah, the... well, designed in 1949 and in the 1952 Olympics, designed by the Swedish canoe designer Richard Sarby. Um, there's a little bit of uh, history for you. Thanks, Jay. You, you got From you memory. <laughs> Pulled that one out of the... <laughs> what are we... For? What about the, the downwind pumping? Obviously, that, that evolution of the downwind pumping, because you've probably gone through that from the start. Talk about how that has evolved and what you think of it. No, I think it's uh, I think it's great uh, being able to surf the boat and rock the boat and pump the boat and uh, and really play with uh, with the conditions. Uh, and you also get the aspect of uh, the physics in it's uh, it's basically rowing we do uh, yeah. except we have mm-hmm. to stand up uh, every now and then. And uh, no, I think it makes the 
it makes the boat perfect actually for olympic kind of racing here we go um, makes it, so, makes it uh, demanding and physically physically demanding yeah which yeah is why, which uh, is uh, more which effort, is why, yeah. yeah which is why you're all like you're all super super buffed <laughs> yeah and uh it's the more effort you put in the faster you go it's uh Pretty Which is a bit of a direct opposite to our 470 mates. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Do you, how do you feel about the 470 pumping upwind? Oh, the small boys. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, I'm going to see Will no, on the weekend. No. I'm going to see Will Ryan on the weekend. G'day, small boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 470 is... Uh, Best style of pumping. It's a... Uh, I'm surprised how fast it goes in the breeze. That's uh, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> no, the light air pumping uh, upwind where that's basically, what what did I say? Air rooting, uh, air like, look at like a bit of air rooting and dog rooting a cricket ball. Probably don't get that <laughs> direct translation, but um, I think you'd imagine, what, well, you've seen it. <laughs> it looks like it's good training for the hip, so maybe they can trans. <laughs> Transfer it to something else. <laughs> Maybe they need those uh, extra 14 from the uh, organisers of the Olympics. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was actually hoping when they kicked out the fin now that they uh, made it optional if you want to sell one or two in the four sanding. Maybe I can do a campaign sailing by myself. Oh, <laughs> what a genius idea. You're a thinker. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea, Anders. Why not? Just... Rock up with what you got, yes. Which kind of kind of leads us kind of leads us into it's a bit of a segue that you know being kicked out of the Olympics. Obviously, uh, we've been talking about the fin in the last mm. you know few weeks. Um, we love the few fin. years. Years. Well, we have. Yeah, we, we love it. We love the fin. Um, how do you feel, or what do you feel is going to happen to the fin? You're going to lose all the young sailors for sure. Uh, right. Probably the master fleet is going to be uh, be bigger, and that will continue and. Run it on, run its own uh, path, but uh, but you you lose all the top sailors and uh, the big names in the sport, which has the Finn has been the creator of. I think you're going to lose that, of course. Uh, all the America's Cup sailors and uh, Volvo Ocean Race sailor and so on, and so on. Uh, it's not going to be a producer of uh, of that kind of uh, of sailors anymore, uh, and that's a shame because uh, it's mm. probably been for the last. 20 year at least uh, the biggest uh, no doubt biggest uh, class uh, delivering uh, that kind of sailors do you think that people that are normal sized should be allowed to go to the Olympics in sailing <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course I, I think that I, I think it's a shame that they took away uh, the only option now for mm. guys over 85 kilos to mm. uh, the race uh, for myself. I could probably lose if I'm uh, desperate to do one more uh, Olympics and try uh, try to do the laser. But uh, oh, really? there are guys but, but on the would circuit you? like. Would you? No, no, no. Of course I won't. <laughs> That's of course point. I won't. Uh, but uh, when you that at least it's an option. And for but for guys like uh, Giles and Zombie and Max Salmon and then Jake and and all the tall boys, they're uh, pretty slim as it is. And for the those guys to lose down to lasers, it just Mm. It's no way. It happen. Yeah. No. Nah. It, it's so. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion that yeah. You, okay. I understand your point about uh, losing the younger sailor because of the Olympics, but I'm sort of feeling like that sailing's sort of going down a different route at the moment with uh, with with 
broadcast, with television, with media and all things. I think it's an opportunity to grab the fin uh, for a, like a pro tour type of thing. I think that I think if someone grabbed hold of the fin and took that to the next level, uh, I think, I think well, that Well, the work. star class is done. Yeah, exactly. That way, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's where I'm going. That. That's where yeah. I'm going. With the yeah, modern... If that happens, it would be great. But, uh, yeah. But the, uh, for creating... the Bar Karate World, the Bar Karate, the Bar Karate Fin World Tour. Yeah. But mm. for creating well, there'll be no prize money then. For creating I would brand do. As they have to pay sailor, <laughs> I mean, the Olympics are, if you want to create your brand as a young sailor, the Olympics are, are critical. Yeah, um, well, that's it, true. It's, it's all, that's what matters. And literally, as Anders just said, you know, you, you've, I'll paraphrase, basically, you've got to be a midget to go to the Olympics these days, you know. You, you, well, we've, you've, you in particular have been hot on that point. Well, I've I never just, really been yeah. a big follower of the Olympics full stop because I've been offshore. But, uh, you know, it's, you, you brought that point up quite a lot in the last year and a half, two years. Yeah. Uh, so the population's I'm hearing, hearing you, Jordan, in the sense that take the last Volvo race. Mm-hmm. It was always – the story was how the Olympic sailors have transitioned into ocean racing. Yeah. That was always the story. So that ambition for a young sailor to get into the Olympics, that creates the storyline. But the fact a normal-sized person can't get into the Olympics now, mm. Mm. bloody hard. It's it's not right. Like, so yeah. for you, Anders, just I, I thought about it a lot today when I was just thinking about your career at the take, stage. Take up skateboarding? Yeah. No, <laughs> at the stage you are at your career, you know. <laughs> You're, you're probably, with all the hard work you've got to do to learn and master the class, you're probably one more Olympic Olympiad before, I don't know how you're going to go in this Olympics and I don't want to say you're not going to win it, but, you know, you, maybe the next Olympiad might be the one where you would win it, if you know what I mean, because you're on the progression that you're going oh, through. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's all been Going taken into on. the right age and, uh, mm. and looking on statistics, uh, the next squad is going to... Would have been my uh, my best one if you look on uh, on athlete statistics. So uh, so yeah, totally agree with you. Mm. And um, the other thing, I guess, one of the reasons why the Finn class, it, there's so much discussion around this, is that it's been in the Olympics since 1952. Like it is actually never been out of the Olympics since Not it was created. Beaten. Yeah, so mm. it was designed for the Olympics and it's been in the Olympics since then. So that's quite the run. And there's, I mean, if they came up with something that was an alternate that was, you know, for a reason it was more modern but it still catered. Sailing, despite what anyone thinks, is about your weight and size. And there should be classes. They should just design the classes so there's representation on size. Across the board. Across the board. That's it. And, you know, I thought we were going to be okay with the double-handed offshore. You know, that at least allowed heavier sailors a chance at the Olympics. Not a specialty for heavier sailors, but, you know, a chance. But Well, and, and, and people like Barney Walker. Yeah, and <laughs> older blokes. Yeah. Older cigarettes. Yeah, but also the, 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 fin, the fin kind of boat made it uh, possible to do an Olympic campaign uh, if you're not from a really big country and a, and a, mm. and a yeah, and that's a good rich point, and a strong federation. Yep. I mean, if the if the offshore boat came in now, uh, for me, it would have been – I would never have the chance to race it. It would be just mm. too expensive. Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And, uh, and with a fin, you can travel quite cheap. Uh, you can – you if you were a young guy coming into the fin, you could survive with one boat and uh, go around and do the do the circuit in Europe and uh, 
and travel out of Europe every now and then. But uh, but with the keel boat, you need there's gonna be sails and uh, boats and etc. It's gonna be really expensive. Yeah, so it's gonna be uh, many countries, which I don't understand. Many other countries voted for this um, this uh, concept that uh, it's gonna have no chance whatsoever to compete in it. So uh, so and as yeah. with the. If we wanted to keep the fin in, there's the obvious requirement of equal numbers of males and females, you know, which is fine. We all, I think, we all agree with that. Uh, let's equal representation. So, what? Yeah. What would be a good solution? How? What? I don't want to get in trouble going with your Olympic team, so maybe I shouldn't ask that question. That that could be a bit hard on you, but I mean, no, I don't think. I mean, to be honest, I I don't want to be too much of a politician but uh, uh I, I think the radio is uh is a bit it's a bit like the fin it's the heavyweight for the girls it's many girls that is lighter they can't do a single hand event mm. so you could put yeah, in yeah. A, a dinghy for the lighter girls for example i see yeah. uh there's 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 many things you could have done but yeah. uh yeah yeah i am i'm not fully fully agree with uh with what they're going down with now that's uh yeah, not the best way to run sailing. I think. So the lighter girls can, you know, they've got other pathways, so they can sail a four seventy, they can sail a, an FX, you know. So you yeah. can skip her a four seventy, um, and you can be small in an FX with a big crew, sort of thing. So you can make it work. Um, but with the fin, the boys, those blokes, you blokes, have got nowhere else to go now. You're gone. No, nah, that's true. Yeah, You're just gone. And I mean, we had the FD, we had the star, we had the fin. And that was, you know, the halcyon days when normal-sized people had their chance. The yeah, it's going to be a sport for, um, for small men. Yeah. The whippets. The, <laughs> the little bit. What's that mean for you, Anders? Um, yeah. I assume you haven't really thought too much about it because you've got a pretty big regatta coming up in a month's time. But um, Yeah, I haven't given it too much you? thoughts about the future. But, uh, but uh, right now, I guess my Olympic, uh, Olympic sailing uh, career is over. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, it's not pretty much. It's it's not an option to be uh, to be honest. Yeah. That uh, mm. if I was going to go to the laser, I would have to take a year to lose weight, and then I had to get into the laser, and, mm. and so on, so on. So that's uh, and then we're already in uh, Paris in three years' time. So it's uh, that's not going to work uh, work very good for an Olympic uh, Olympic uh, sailing campaign. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, let's. What we're saying is that uh, obviously, obviously, I'm biased. So I accept I've got a bias um, that we want to see Olympic spots for bigger guys. But um, what we're producing with the fin is super fit, super strong blokes uh, who uh, are really technically strong. Uh, who then come out, and if you, in all honesty, if you look at the Olympic classes, it's pretty much. Majority of the guys that get picked in, into the elite pro ranks are the fin guys. Um, probably change a bit offshore with more Omoka stuff and, uh, you know, less room in the boats. They'll go to smaller people um, and easier sail handling. But, yeah, the fin guys. So when you come out, are you going to try and go pro and sail something? Is that what the plan is or are you going to do a real If I get job? the opportunity, mm. uh, you know, it's it's not so easy being, uh, being in a region because uh, – if I get a gold medal, I guess the the roads are going to open a bit uh, a bit easier. But uh, 
but the pro sailing is uh, it's pretty much a game of uh, knowing the right people and uh, getting involved with the right people. So, uh, so I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm slightly from the wrong country for just a slide easy into that. But uh, yeah, if the opportunity uh, comes, I will grab it. Just get on the top of the podium. There you go. <laughs> That'll sure, open that's the easiest way. <laughs> but um, aspirations then, and uh, competition. How how's the form looking? How are you feeling and how's everyone else looking? Uh, the, um, the two last championships we had, the Europeans and the Worlds, has been pretty shit for me, to be honest. Uh, we tested some new gears and, and obviously found out some stuff that didn't work so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least we have a good uh, good opinion on what the problem is and we're, we're working on that now every day uh, until the game. So... So I'm quite confident I'm going to be um, a lot more competitive in the in the games than I've been in the World Championships and the European Championships. Yeah, and who who who's what uh, nations are looking strong at? Uh, Kiwis, of course. When uh, the world champion yeah. in the class is not even going to the Olympics, that's uh, quite a shocker. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we have the Hungarian zombie, of course. We have this young Spanish guy who's been uh, been fast lately. Um, you have uh, in Britain with uh, Scott is of course going to be up there when the when the start goes in the in Tokyo and that uh, yeah, we got we got probably fifteen guys who can all take uh, take a yeah. medal on a good day. That, so that's what I that's be, what uh, I got out of it. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, I think that yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough uh, tough. <laughs> that's the fun part of it. You know, you're probably racing one of the strongest Finn Olympics ever. So that's uh, that's great. Mm. Mm. Good. And um, so the lead from here, when do you get to Tokyo or get to Enshima for that matter? Uh, we uh, The whole team is going to fly the 12th of uh, July, so we're going to be there quite early. Yeah. Uh, do some quarantine stuff down there, I think, and, and uh, but move into sailing quite fast when we get down there and just get used to the heat and uh, acclimatize. So your boat's on the way there. When you arrive, everything's there. And what's the what's the um, protocols around COVID? The quarantining and COVID and distancing. I don't. I don't really know uh, everything yet. I know there's uh, going to be some sort of quarantine, but we're going to do it in the athletes' uh, hotel. Yeah. Which uh, most of the sailors are going to stay in. Um, and but we're still able to sail while we're in quarantine. So that's uh, yeah, that's going to be good. When I was speaking to Will, it's kind of like a bit of a bubble, almost a bubble. So once you're in, yeah. you're in. Yeah, once you're in, you're bubble. in. Yeah, once you're in, you're yeah. in. Then that's your little nucleus. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And we're going to get the lovely PCR test, I think, every day. So, uh, mm. so that's going to be nice to get oh. the... And 14 condoms. Mine, mine, <laughs> and 14 condoms, yeah. <laughs> so hang on a sec. <laughs> Just, you... I never do anything without protection. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, come on. Yeah, cool. So what about at the Olympics? I've got to say, in my, doing my research, um, I've got to say for the Finn class, surely the 1980 Olympics was the highlight for the Finn class when um, Esko Rekhard from Finland, the Finn won the Finn at, at the Olympics. So I thought... Oh. <laughs> The Finn won the Finn. The Finn won the Finn at <laughs> the Finn game. It's got to be a dream come true for marketing yeah. for the Finn, doesn't it? One of the things that, that makes the Olympics really good for an athlete 
is the family being there and the partner being there and, you know, being able to share it. But obviously that, that doesn't happen. Has that comp like did, did family go to Rio with you or was is it just it's been too difficult for them? Like No, actually the family didn't go to Rio. They were supposed to, but it was uh, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, so no, I was um was alone there, so it's gonna be pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's that's all right. It's uh, it can be too much, you know. You make uh, make too much of the Olympics. It's uh, when it all comes to all. It's it's just a normal race, and it's the same competitors and the same waters we normally race. So it's uh, just about analogy. to make it. Uh, yeah, just yes. make it as normal as possible and, uh, and just go a with yacht the flow. Race. It's, uh, just a yacht race. Yeah, a yacht race with uh, a lot of extra going in. It's uh, all of a sudden it's media attention and uh, people need you to go there and there. and uh, So it's a bit of extra hassle, but uh, yeah, in the end, normal normal did, yachting. Did you get the gig as the flag bearer for Norway? No, I did not. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to be close to that open ceremony. That's going to be too hot and too, uh, too close to the competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Are they even having an opening could, yeah, ceremony? I was going to say, are they having I, hope, I haven't heard. I, I doubt it, surely. I guess there's some I have no, idea. Of, no idea. Yeah. What about, um, you know, when you actually go out on the water, like they put all those cameras on the boat. Do you notice that? Like when you're sailing the boat, is all that gear that goes onto your boat, because there must be batteries and cameras and stuff, so it must add a bit of weight. Is it noticeable or change yeah. the boat at all? No, in Rio they had this nice uh, things mounted on the back of our boats, and uh, it's just behind the the rudder really, so it didn't didn't uh, didn't feel it much. No. Did you like? Did you put a little note on the deck? Don't pick your nose, just in case they're filming something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my only worry is that uh, I've heard that they're gonna record probably with sounds this uh, mm-hmm. this time around, and uh, that can be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we would say then, yep. provide as much banter to the uh, to your opposition as possible. So yeah, and send it in. Basically, sure that's just a hundred percent taking the piss. Um, we've worded Jake up on it. Yeah. So maybe you yeah. could join forces. He can give you a few little good Aussieisms to throw out there to try and get your uh, opposition off guard a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I tried to do it in Norwegian, so nobody knows what I'm saying. <laughs> are, you, are you vocal on the course, or you, uh, or you, you just out there doing your job? No, I can be a bit vocal, I guess. When uh, oh, like things are a bit frustrating, and uh, give it, give and, us your favorite, uh, give us your favorite line. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. That's the heat of the moment. I heat have the no moment. idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, maybe maybe you should write a few down, mate. Go and prepared like a good athlete. Be prepared just to sort yeah. out line. I should feel down on my deck. That's probably a wise thing. Yeah. <laughs> Prevent from saying anything stupid, I guess. <laughs> well, we've sort of said it a few times. but Oh, uh, hang on a sec. Sign on. No, that's not right to say. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we've said it a few times on our show, but we've got a good mate and uh, his classic was one of us is going the wrong way as you cross sterns or cross bows. So that's a good one to, to throw in there. That's mm. a good one. That's not so bad. Mm. Yeah, that's a good yep. one. It's a good no, side. Use that one and that'll, that'll make him think. Yeah, um, uh, I think we've sort of uh, we've cooked this little uh, fish right to the, the death. Anything uh, else we've got to ask that I haven't thought of that we haven't thought of? Um, when do you go? When do you actually fly in? Twelfth of July. Twelfth. Mm. That's the 
Yeah, so we go quite early, actually, but uh, we didn't have a choice. Uh, are you staying in a hotel? Or you got? Um, I know the Australian team's got a mix of hotels and and a part, uh, like accommodation ha- houses they're staying in. What are you, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're staying at the um, at the sailing village, the the athlete hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, how's the Japanese? It's very thin. <laughs> very thin, very, very extremely thin. <laughs> I can say thank you, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah cool. Oh, well. and food and the food. Do you do you like the food? Japanese food. Yeah, I, I actually like the Norwegian sushi better than I did the Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I prefer <laughs> the Norwegian fish, but uh, but the ramen and uh, those kind of things is uh, it's good. It's okay, but I have to admit that. After being in Japan in 2019, we were there for three weeks, and then we uh, was changing uh, accommodation, and I stumbled upon a uh, McDonald's, and uh, <laughs> that was probably the probably the best meal I had down there. So that was uh, that was pretty sweet. It, um, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming that McDonald's is in the same area you've already researched. Or was that part of the recon? Was it or? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very important to uh, to have the right location on the Mac- so on the Macus. Isn't that what you said? So you so you sorted. So you sorted. Yeah, good on Actually, you. when you're in Oz, yeah. did uh, did you get any local delicacies in Oz that sort of took your fancy when you yeah, here in Australia? I had only good food in Australia, but I uh, I can't have uh, I don't have a memory of a uh, one that was particularly much better than uh, oh, than think... any other. Uh, no, I'm just interested, like if Jake oh, took well. you somewhere and. Gave you something special, like a I don't know a snitter. Yeah, but you have to remember, J- Jake a is a Jake is a vegan, so uh, oh. so I'm not so impressed with his oh, uh, with his cooking style. You know, we didn't know that. Oh, Research, right. it's, it's Ben. A, Jeez, imagine the piss Jay, we could have Jay, taken Jay, out of him there. What's going on? A vegan. Why, Why didn't you have that in the list? Why didn't you have that in the run sheet? I don't know. I don't know. Explains a lot though. We're actually we're, we're, no. I was going to say <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> All righty, cool, Good. very cool. Hey, Anders, mate. Um, uh, I hope it wasn't too boring for you, bud. I hope uh, we distracted you Come at least on. for an hour. Uh, it was worth your time. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a nice hour going by in the, in the quarantine, so that was good. Yeah, we wish you all the best at the Olympics, hey, mate. We're one hundred percent here to cheer for you. So. Um, you know, thanks, mate. Absolutely. When you're, when and, you're on the, the top pedestal, just yell out, thanks, Barkarati. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> for your ongoing support. Uh, well, listen, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm in the same boat. Have a, have a good time and uh, uh, make sure you say hello to all the boys and girls over there and uh, good luck. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. That's the and, key. Um, not entirely sure exact pronunciation, but Gumbaru, uh, Japanese for good luck. So um, get out there. Thank you very much. Cool. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Poor old Anders, eh? He's, uh, I think it. it uh, I love the fact that uh, Northern Europeans are just so talented in their ability to speak English. Uh, we, I mean, we've got no Norwegian, oh. but... Um, no Norwegian. No Norwegian. Very, very little Japanese. Yeah. Hey, have you ever tried to understand Norwegian for starters? Uh, <laughs> not really. I can't remember. Very, very little Japanese. I must apologise. Yes. I was just going to ask, Bicey, was that genuine what you told us? Gumbaru. No. I've, um, I've what did you say? What, mixed what does it mean? a few things up in it my head. Mean good luck. Um, it's got something to do with goats. <laughs> <laughs> How many? I should have said Gunbati. Couldn't say. 
Yeah. You got that wrong, didn't you? Yeah. So my mistake. Uh, so, um, so how many goats anyway, has Anders, Anders been with? Well, if he wins a goat, uh, wins a goat. <laughs> if he wins gold, he'll be getting a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so not a gold Commodore. <laughs> no, no, no statesman, but a goat. <laughs> um, and, and anyway, as, as I said, uh, best of luck to all the Norwegian sailors. We do know a few of you, the Norwegians. Uh, we've had a mm. bit of interaction with and uh, great people. So. Uh, Bumped into them around the traps, uh, but we did uh, want to reach out up into that area. Um, it's because it just we genuinely, you know, don't know how you guys sail up there when it's so freaking cold. But obviously, it's mm. nice there at the moment. So anyway, good work. Yep. Um, no, um, absolutely. Good luck to them all. Yep. No question. Um, so, what do you recommend? Olympics going to happen or not? Well, actually, oh, of course it is. Of course uh, actually, it is. as of today, I started thinking yes. Yeah, I so think it's going to go. First day I started thinking, yes, it's so close now. They're not going to. You notice you're not hearing anything more about the Japanese not wanting to, uh, public, general public not wanting to. Well, go I think ahead there's a bunch of media. Of, it's all that, changed. You know, it gets involved in that lot. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going ahead. Uh, and as I said, in the bubble, everyone will be in the bubble. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty certain it's going to go ahead. It'll be an awkward game. So, as you said, the, the yeah. opening ceremony. It's like watching the footy without the crowd there and oh, then put yeah. the fake noise in. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't quite work, does it? Nah. Yeah. But, hey, in the end, in the end, it's them on the water and uh, nah, that's and what they, they're focused um, on. And, yep. And there's going to be medals given out. Yeah. And I'm and, looking forward um, to watching it. And you're, still, you're the still owner of a, of a medal. There's no question yeah. there. Looking forward yep. to watching it. Bloody mm. oath. Cool. Yeah. Best of luck, Anders. Um, of course, the other piece is that... We finally saw and seen the decision from the IOC this week where they've said uh, no to the double-handed offshore and we're going with the uh, the kites. And Andrew Pinder from GAC Pinder put a post up on Facebook and there was quite a significant reaction and lots of banter going on there. Did you catch that, BP? I was amongst it. Yeah. As you always are. Why wouldn't I be amongst it? (laughs) Controversy, BP, controversy. That's how I roll, right? No, listen, uh, we we all knew a decision was coming um, and it was, uh, let's say, uh, hanging on to straws, if you like, for for that event to stay in the Olympics. We knew that it was going to go. And what they've gone for um, seems to be going down the path of what the IOC as – is seeing the Olympics doing over the next X amount of years. And that is yeah. uh, young young sports, young, uh, visual, visually appealing. Uh, there's a whole heap of things that uh, come into this discussion. And that's what the Andrew Pindar uh, discussion has uh, has brought up, is that there's a lot of people saying that, you know, they, they love the idea of the offshore, offshore doubles, but they've also liked the idea of keeping – the sailing side of things up to date with what's going on in, in that in the sailing world. But for me, you know my opinion. Well, you know my opinion as well. I think the Olympics obviously is trying to compete with the X Games, but I'm not sure what's actually happened to the X Games. Haven't heard of them for years, so maybe they're not going down the right path. But you know what? You know, we know we've heard from each of us. We all know our opinions, but I think we should reach out to the listeners, and this is a call to the listeners. What do you think the Olympics should look like from a sailing perspective? So ignore everything we've said. You just come forward at cheers at barkerati.com. So cheers at barkerati.com and tell us what you think 
it should look like and go crazy. Just, you know, I obviously I believe that everyone should have a chance to go to the Olympics if you're a sailor. Um, so, mm. you know, I'm focused on the size thing. Um, maybe the offshore thing, who knows. But basically, BP, I'm happy to – I just want to hear from the listeners, don't you? Absolutely. Cool. Let's hear from the listeners. Uh, anyone got any secret pro news? Yeah, I've got uh, something. Oh, boss, he's got some. Um, it's not secret pro because it is out there, but it has been alleged that uh, Ernesto Bertarelli will be um, be uh, father of Julio. Uh, no, no, that's Bertelli. <laughs> this is Ernie. Ern, oh, we'll no, call I'm him Ernie. Um, putting together a challenge for the America's Cup. Uh, Rumour has it he's brought uh, Prada. Oh. Second Prada boat or mm. the first one, whatever, mm. the Sperry. He's mounting a challenge out of Australia. He's <laughs> going to harness the great uh, Australian uh, foiling talent that is around mm. and he is going to uh, challenge out of Australia. What, the Wallara Sailing uh, Club? Wasp? No, it could be Royal Prince Alfred, could be... Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Very cool. South Coast, the Barkerati Sailing Club. Who knows? Pro Bicey. Well, no, it's not because it's out there. It's been, well, I'm not the first one to come up with this or see it or hear it. Um, and uh, then to chuck fuel on the fire, uh, the current skipper, or who skippered the Sail GP team, Team New Zealand? Um, uh, oh, Safokas of us. He's uh, one of the uh, Alingi sailors. Mm-hmm. He's a tight connection. There's a t- oh, I see where t- connection there yeah. with New Zealand and stuff. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Australia were challenging the next cup. Oh, actually under an Australian flag. Beautiful. Oh, box kangaroo. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, bit of VB yeah, Express. With a bit of cheese in yeah, his heads. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Swiss? Yeah. yeah. Swiss. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. Um, if it is true, Ern, stand by. We might send you a uh, merchandise pack. <laughs> with, <laughs> and a st- with a bit of an Australian influence, yeah. Ernie. <laughs> um, all right, uh, listener of the week. Oh, been, yes. You haven't prepared, haven't have prepared. you? I haven't prepared. I'll, let, I'll come back yeah, to I've, it. I've got one. I've got one. Okay. <clears throat> My mate Mark Disney in uh, the UK uh, sent through an email yes. uh, and sent through some nicknames and one of which – has uh, been extended throughout our friendship, which uh, started many, many years ago in uh, Valencia when he purchased a, uh, a, a mini from me. His mate Smashy, who I happen to meet quite a few times, and it's a beautiful nickname, <laughs> um, <laughs> just Smashy, because he continually breaks himself. Um, so yeah. they just call him Smashy. Yeah. And he's got a record of breaking yeah. himself. It's a formidable record. So what happened, that. so the story is, what? yeah, the record, in his early 20s he broke both legs, <laughs> an arm and a collarbone while skiing. Yeah. He lifted <laughs> off. His recent attempt to keep his name alive, if not himself, was 07 Fastnet when he launched himself across the boat and broke two ribs and punctured his lungs. In the meantime, he's had countless bike accidents, which are too routine to mention. <laughs> so, Mark Disney. Yep. Listener yep. of the week. Okay. Well done, mate. Okay. And uh, hope uh, to see you soon. There may or may not be a merchandise pack on your way. And a stubby cooler. Beauty. <laughs> Surely that just automatically in the merchandise pack, BP, that extra thing you throw No, in. no, it arrives separate. It's just oh. a little packet that <laughs> okay. arrives separate. Yeah. All right. Um, boys, 
uh, so it's early in the week. Uh, so there's a lot of sailing going on that uh, that'll be going on next weekend or the weekend when we publish. And uh, but the good thing is we're just recent straight after Ooh. Sail GP. Um, Here we are. What do we think? What do we think? Was it um, was what it good? Think, was it bad? Was it? I think there's a lot of shit floating in the water down there. Right. Let's get to that. So the final race, the last three boats left in it, um, the US team led by um, a Ginger, uh, Spithill. Our Ginger. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Australia Australia team C. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, actually, he's the sewer sewer rat in our. Uh, yeah, in the Ginger Challenge. Yeah. Anyway, yep, leading fleet, dominating the fleet. Looking, I mean, I've got to say, they sailed brilliantly. Like they um, did, they did. The US team and the Japanese team were clearly sailing brilliantly all weekend, but uh, had it, it was all sewed up. They were pretty comfortably, like you could see, they were sailing conservatively and smart. And then just, I don't know what they hit. Do you, you guys hear anything? No, there's been no, there's been no confirmation. But the video is pretty brutal. When you yeah. see the video, they pretty well stopped. So, yeah. Mm. So and. Um, and then, yeah, Nath, uh, Australia B came through with the with the win to take the regatta. Out. Yeah, yeah. So, and congratulations. Um, what do we think about the three up thing? Don't know. No, I think <laughs> episode seven when we originally spoke with Alastair Murray, mm-hmm. the future of the sport is these boats are just going to have one person sailing them at one point in time. Yeah, and smoking there, and around a racetrack, and sure. this is one step towards it. Um, Russell, just, just like Formula has been One, been listening up, and this this was his You're opportunity right. to do it. He's our influence so, again, our bloody. So, um, uh, what do I think of it? Bullshit. Yeah, the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the future? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but the boat needs to be designed for it. Like, I, no, I'd I'm have much rather seen interest. I, you know. Come on, give give our Nina a chance. <laughs> well, they should have swapped the women in. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. Yeah, I like right. it. But, yeah, no, it just looked awkward, I think. Like, I, I just want to say that it looked a bit awkward, like the boats are designed for five. Uh, I, I guess they were trying to keep them, give them more chance to get up on the falls early. Um, but I don't know. Okay, like so the, what they're saying, what they're saying if, with that comment then is that uh, 140, 160 kilos is going to make a huge that difference. Is that what they're saying? I, I don't know. I guess. No, I'm just, I'm just interested because. Well, that that was the excuse for the three, right? Yeah, because well, it was there's light. Been other, there's been other things thrown around. Fuck, there's a whole lot more power driving those boats than bloody three pe- the weight of three people. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. plus, you know, I. It's not about the speed. Like I think one of the things that Sail GP are getting wrong is they're fixating on speed and what know. the kilometres an hour. Oh yeah, we're going to come to that. <laughs> they're fixating on speed. It's not about the speed. Sailing is never about speed. If we want to see if it was always about speed, just go and watch some speed runs in the the, the ditch or whatever they call it. Yeah, you know, North like, Africa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not about speed. It's about the tension because of our tactics, because of things changing, and so. Um, that focus, I think, is wrong. They need to understand that, like, the boat's coming off the foils, it's still racing and we're still interested, you know. it does. They don't have to be on the foils, you know, because then the tension comes from yeah. them getting up on the I, foil. Who's going to sail the boat, you know? I, I agree that whole bit about who's getting up, who's getting down, but actually to see you're either on the foils or not on the foils, mm. that real tricky bit is a little bit mm. – brings a bit of the fluke – it's still it, tactical. You've got to place say. your boat, you know. I, I guess it's hard in such a short, tiny course and tight course, but 
I, I, I think if I was advising Sal GP, I'd just leave normal crew on, on the boat, you know. But isn't it – I mean, you touched on it a second ago. Isn't it our sport? I mean, uh, look yeah. at the finish the other day to the Ocean Race or the, the Brown Europe Race. That's going to be all and the guys out in front the whole way, seemingly on their way to a victory without any pressure. Get three, five, ten, fifteen miles from the finish, and it's a it's a rubber band. Yeah, amazing. Still, and it ends up to be hundred meters between first and whatever. Right? Yeah. It's mm. our sport. Mm. So you're out there on a sail GP boat, and you're getting rid of weight for the sake of trying to keep them on the foils. It's our sport that if you get unfortunately get caught in no wind, um, but if they're out there sailing in seven knots of wind around a race course, it's inevitably going to happen to someone that they're going to mm. fall off the foils. Yeah, it happened I, I think America's Cup, but, you know. like, if I watch, I think you just got to. You're kind of getting to. Was it the their choice? Could they choose not to take people? I don't, or I don't Russell, think Russell, it was their choice. Russell raised the, uh, what is it, the, the a uh, the, amendment three flag, which meant free crew. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> what, what do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> well, the other one, um, third substitution. <laughs> we'll we'll yes. do a praise burger here. So we'll do positive and negative. And put the buried the negatives in the middle. So let's put the other negative up. Kilometers an hour. Um, it doesn't matter. Tell you the honest truth. Yeah. To me, that's my head. I, I I see all the comments and knots. Yeah, I like knots, but probably eighty percent of my mates would have no idea what knots are anyway. Yeah, that's that, that that's um, irrelevant. But I be, you don't want to. I believe in the. You don't want to be dumbing stuff down for the non-follower. That's right. Mm. But bring, as for you want to bring the non-follower in, not not forty knots or eighty k's. Does it even matter? Well, there's a reason why we say knots. You know, like that because because of, well because it's a navigation thing. Like a, a a nautical mile is what is it one one minute of a, a, a um. Of latitude, isn't it? Is it latitude or longitude? I've forgotten off the top of it, but it's one yeah, minute. Yeah, no, 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 I agree with the, with all of that, but it's the only... Um, but it's go to the core of our sport. ...area mm. of, well, yeah, we do wind in it and all that sort of stuff, but it's the only sport or anything that uses that unit of measurement. Yeah, but any other sport. So, like, if I was watching football or... Um, American football or whatever sport you pick, the sport they don't change. He's running it. at fourteen knots. Yeah, they don't change it. Like, um, yeah, I'm here in you. tennis. No, no, yeah, that you don't dumb it down for the non-follower. Yeah, you wait. Yeah. You bring people up. You don't change. Well, your that's sport. what I just said. That's yeah, what I just. Said. I know. I was just trying to get back and reinforce that statement. So, so you know, like, you know, who, what's forty love mean in tennis? You know, like we've just grown up and got used to it. You know. Um, Whatever you don't hear forty nil, do you? No, that's right. So that's smashing. Yeah, so just have some pride in the sport, I guess, is what I'm arguing. Yeah, well, going back to your original point, though, speed doesn't matter, so who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> still, um, that being said, it's still a fantastic event, and uh, huge fans of the event. Uh, here's the praise burger part where we finish on a positive. Uh, New Zealand team, New Zealand, um, they got rid of a couple of nupties off that boat. <laughs> Just dragging them around the track, weren't they? And they just bought the standard up significantly. It's um, it's a fantastic performance for for the guys that stepped into Team New Zealand. Great job, great job. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll concur. Yeah. So I must um, admit, uh, I must admit, guys, I was actually uh, sort of out sailing for the weekend, and uh, can you give me a bit of a rundown on the Aussies? Yeah. Wow. Well, 
Um, probably not their best. So there's this guy, Cole Langford. Mm. <laughs> they took off all those other hot shots mm. and he was kind of left on board. Mm. So he made up 33%. <laughs> I think um, the performance. <laughs> so they had all this. They had – it was stated. We haven't rung them or anything. Um, the hydraulic – they had a hydraulic problem. I, I heard, yeah, yeah, I heard there was an issue with something. On the Saturday and then – so they got that fixed but it, it didn't look like things were sorted uh, on the Saturday and then on the Sunday they looked like they were coming back to form and then, uh, yeah, it was just uh, too late, too little too late. So they uh, they dipped out but, you know, it, it can happen. I think – remember yeah. one of the things important to understand with, that Sale GP is doing really well is they make them share all their data – so it's easy to – they're trying to keep the fleet equal and not have domination. So it, that has to be expected, which is, which is cool. Um, it kind of happens in a lot of sports with the, with the draft, you know. The worst team gets the next best players and mm-hmm. they try and create that sort of scenario. So, yeah, I guess, I guess trying to keep the – That would be great to introduce. Hey, Russ, get on that, mate. Yeah, draft. Introduce the draft system. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Very okay. cool. Mid, mid-year draft and end-of-year draft. But that being said, we we love the we love the event. Uh, big fans yeah. of the event. Uh, could, we, could we come in as mature age rookies? No, I don't think they're going to take us. <laughs> you no, know, you can't change sides, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Oh, there on. goes the hip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my knee's gone. Mm. Just it's uh, just related to my neck. It's all right. <laughs> second leg of the uh, ocean race started uh, as well. Um, yes, it did. We touched on this earlier, didn't we? Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. They're off and away. Um, anything of note that we want to talk about from that leg start? Oh, oh nothing major. Anyone got any – anyone Anyone got fishing boats? <laughs> Foils? Yeah, no. those guys. But obviously uh, what we alluded to at the start of the show was, um, yeah, poor little old mate, um, Pedro and Andreas, I think they were. They were out there just doing a bit of fishing, trying to catch oh, a few Andreas. Portuguese snapper. And next thing you know, Wooshka. Brand new foil. Still had the Persco sticker on it. Oh, no. On around, didn't it? Oh, no. Hello, fishermen's. Oh. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> fishos. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it's not good the... for it. Yeah. Tell you. Oh, you know, I, I hate to say it because we're good, we're good friends with Mark and, and Charlie and we like all the blokes on that, all the people on that boat. We're very, uh, we're very close to a lot of people on that boat. For the regular listeners of the show would know that. But I just can't help but imagine that when that boat is tied up at dock in Alicante, <laughs> some mongrel's going to sneak down there and put some big foam padding on, on the foils <laughs> at, at night and they'll just come down. A couple of times. Um, does it open up another discussion point <clears throat> okay. um, and kind of being in touch with some of the Omoka guys during that whole Super 60 project, mm. it is known that the vision – like the literally the vision straight ahead and sixty degrees sword is non-existent. Non-existent yeah. on a good day. Yep. Not to mention on an Imoka that has this coach roof. Yep. That is basically you, you can hardly see anyway. Yep. So is that the question? Let's put eleventh hour to the side for yeah, a second. That's fair. Is there mandatory cameras and things and alert systems that need to be installed on these boats? Or has it gone too far? 
Ooh, the big one. <clears throat> Maybe there's I don't know. Like oh, I think, well, I think it's how, how do you say it? How do you pull back? Right for a start. I mean, this is a this is a, a genre of boat that's being born. It's uh, it's now at a point where it's pretty serious, and there's a lot of people getting involved because of various reasons. Uh, you love the boats, you know that. I love the boats. Um, I think cameras have to have, have to the technology. Cameras have to come into play. We can't have boats smashing into fishing boats and smashing into. I mean, I mean, it happened in the Volvos. We know that. Um, I guess, yeah. I, look, I don't know. The answers, the answers, pretty. We're seeing it in the middle of the day. Or, I mean, could, it, it could get a whole heap worse. Let's, worth go, let's go another months. step. Is mm. there a technology that's not being used that should be used, mm. or does the technology just not exist? Just mm. doesn't exist. And why not take the opportunity to take? Let's call it a negative. Turn it into a positive. Let's mm. call it the burger. What was it, Jordan? The the positive burger? positive burger. Positive the oh, burger. praise burger. The praise burger. The praise burger. Praise burger. And say, all right, industry, design this monitoring camera system that is going to read through the sales, whether it's scanning infrared. I don't know radar. I don't know, um, but at least something. I, I, I guess the point you're trying to make in a roundabout way is. We've got to do something because it's almost impossible to see off those boats. It could have happened yep. to anyone. Yes, yep. that's what I'm saying. Yep. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, uh, with the magic of uh, our technology, BP, mm, whilst we, we recorded early in the week, somehow we know the results at the end of the week on the weekend that's just oh. been gone. <laughs> oh, I, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Hey. I'm going to apologise to, uh, to, to you and to, uh, to, the, to the world. Well, for now. Well, you've got to understand one thing, and this is to the listeners out there. I, I want to be sailing. I want to be sailing, and oh. that's the, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay? Okay. I want to be sailing. <laughs> so the fleet that's up there, I, I hope that they all had a wonderful time, and I – I, I totally get it, and I'm so excited for the the, uh, the the results. And to everyone who competed in the event, congratulations! But I wanted to be there. <laughs> All right. So clearly, BP is talking about the Australian, uh, the actual Australian champs, which have just finished in Malulaba. Very light winds, very very light winds. Uh, sailed just off the water of Malulaba. Shifty, very shifty, shifty light, tough conditions. Um, oh, we would have won. We would have won. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Mack is a legend in shifty conditions, I can tell you. No, no, no. You know, I'm, I'm only joking. I've got to say that uh, uh, it, it, was a, it was an enthralling event to watch, but it, it hurts to watch. Okay. Well, there, there was some great fun. I will tell you, bud, uh, mm-hmm. Barkarati Sailors Lager was just going off. It, and oh, I, thank you so much to all the actual team, uh, people who supported us. Uh, I cannot tell you how grateful we are to what a great fleet, what a good bunch of people, and, and everything we say about Etchells is designed to do what's better, what's best for the Etchells. So um, I can't tell you how many we get so many emails on stuff. We we know so much stuff we don't talk about. There's stuff uh, oh, BP's yeah. sitting on something, I'm sitting on something, and we're just not talking about it because we don't want to do damage. We want to encourage a solution. Uh, but oh, more guess, importantly, I guess just before, just just sorry, just before you go on. I guess I, I, I saw some photos of my all all the boys up there having a beer and the girls having a beer. Yeah, and they were saluting Barkarati. Yeah. Now 
if I wasn't there at the regatta, you were there obviously because you're in Malulabar. Yep. Bozzy wasn't there, but we were there. It was. It was fantastic. Uh, really fantastic. And congratulations to the organisers, uh, Trevor Martin particularly in the Malula Bay Yacht Club, doing a fantastic yeah. job. And they made a really good they, – they created this room. They went to, you know, great bunch of little volunteers in a tiny little club doing an amazing job. But uh, more importantly, enough, let's uh, – Tough condi- conditions. <laughs> fantastic. And everyone that volunteered. Um Congratulations, of course, to Pete Merrington and his team on First Tracks um, who had the win. So Pete Merrington, Ian McKillop and Steve Jarvin having the win. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Martin Hill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's sailing with a couple of kooks, Martin Hill. Um, uh, um, oh, who, what's their names again? Um, uh, Matt, um, Matt Ryan and Will Belcher or? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I think Matty Ryan, and, Will and, Belcher. And Robert Plant or something? Yeah, Robert Plant. Robert Plant, is Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, lead singer of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, Squark. Squark, he was also. Squarky in for third, yeah. In for third. BP, um, I don't know how much you've been paying attention, obviously, uh, but I think you'd be pretty chuffed. Um, uh, our mate Fritz and Snowdy and Big Sam. In Very good six. result for them too. But yep. uh, let's just rewind, if you don't mind. I had a chat to uh, Billy, uh, yep. we call Peter Merrington Billy. Formidable sailor. Uh, yeah, Mothy and um, obviously Steve Jarvin is Mothy and uh, Ian McKillop. I rang, uh, I rang uh, Billy about an hour and a half ago. So stoked. I remember speaking to him at the state titles. Um, coming into the last day, they were leading in New South Wales. Obviously, the M11s were still sailing then, but uh, it was, you know, tight at the top. Mm. Um, And he said, I just can never win a regatta. He said, I just can never win a regatta. Well, this is it. He's done it, and uh, we're proud of you, and uh, well done to you guys. And uh, it was a really solid effort too. They, they, I mean, every every one of the the top teams had uh, some big big numbers in their first few days, but uh, they just got better and better. Yeah, these guys had a phenomenal scorecard from day two. They had a 15th yeah. race one and then a 10th race two and then an eighth and then it went just bang, bang, bang. They were super. The last day they were just, uh, you know, the last three races they were phenomenal in the probably the right. hardest conditions. Yeah, and I can say that uh, for Billy Merrington, Steve Mothy Jarvin and Ian McKillop, well done. There you Absolutely. go. Um, the other event that uh, was on the same time and was doing their Facebook Live uh, streams was the, the VX1 Midwinters and uh, we were also part of that. We, were, we provided uh, a few bevies for the boys and the, the ladies and uh, a magnificent event uh, there. Uh, some serious to- uh, talent in the VX1 fleet these days. There's world champions deep, deep in this fleet. Um, and so... Fantastic outcome. I've got to say big congratulations to the Mac One boys. They they held out over McGee property and then double black. So uh, so Benny and Josh Franklin were and Alan Moffat on Mac One. They've won the last few nationals and then they won this midwinter nationals. Um, last year they were second to the McGee property guys. So that's uh, William Vorman's team. And then uh, – uh, the double black guys is John Somerville's team. So um, really, really tight racing. And uh, the boys there, so Mike James and, and Brett Whitbread, the guys mm. sort of, they're the importers of the VXs into Australia. And they, they're just, they cheapest VXs you can buy in the world here because they don't make any money on it. They literally do it and oh. they don't make money. They've got, they got, they got our mentality. Yeah. 
Is that why they follow us? <laughs> They're just good guys. <laughs> They've got I, our business model or something. Or I must admit, <laughs> I, I probably spend a good few hours chatting to those boys. They're a lot of weeks I'm chatting to them. They're great guys and they put a lot of effort and time into it. So we we're happy, more than happy to slot some grog down. How, to those did, guys. The, uh, how, did, how did we go, you and I and Bicey? Were we there or not? No, we missed uh, out. We missed out. The boat hasn't come yet. Um, and poor old <laughs> Brett Whitbread, he's so dedicated and dedicated to the class. He sold his boat before he's got his new boat. So to keep Clarkson over, but his mast hasn't turned up yet because they've got a new mast manufacturer. So he had to do the commentary. Uh, but they did this um, one-lapper thing and just did lots and lots of races. They got 11 races out of a 12-card program in really, really light wins. Um, and the Mac 1 boys were just phenomenal day two. They, they were a bit deep uh, day one, day two. It was like one, 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 four, one. So pretty phenomenal performance. Um I will say, you were chuffed, I was chuffed for the Etchells, but a big congratulations in fourth place, right? One mm. of my young protégés, young Sarah Johnson um, on the beast. The- on the beast. My, my mate Mick James stepped off and um, young Sarah, who uh, I've been working with probably for about six years, she came up to fourth, knocking out Jason Muir, Etchell world champion, into fifth. Oh, there you um, go. There you Maddie go. Chu. Behind her, uh, Peter yeah. Condy behind her, Rob Douglas, mm. Taser World Champion, multiple Taser World Champion, oh. um, and it she's goes had, on. She's done okay. She's done okay. Did she thank you? Did she ring you up? I, no, she's all. She did it all herself, mate. Not me. Nothing to do with me. She don't need to ring me. She, I ring her. But she didn't. Yeah, but did she use any of your. Did she use any of your? Of course, um, but techniques. But I just want to say, like the the VX fleet's going gangbusters, and it looked really cool, even in light winds. So that was good. Uh, that was really yep. good. Yeah, so I think all right, we're all good. Well, nailed it. Yeah, um, we, we're recording this obviously just as the uh, the fleet's about to start. Well, I'm about to publish this just as the the third leg of the Ocean Race Europe starts. It's due. It should, as I publish this, it should be starting right away. So Sunday night our time, the Ocean Race is due to start in probably ten or fifteen minutes. So I better get off and publish. So I can watch. Uh, yeah, well, you better. But uh, I got to say that there's uh, some pretty excited people um, from last week, obviously, or the week ago. Uh, you know, we had uh, Rosalind Kuiper on board, and she uh, she's she's just stoked. She's having a ball. There's a but there's a bunch of people. Obviously, Lucy Champman. Yep, she's uh, she, she's looking good. <laughs> Lucy being Lucas Chapman. <laughs> yes, no, we're only joking. Lucas Chapman. Hey, uh, yes, they had a good, they had a good uh, second leg, and um, they're now equal first. So we'll see what happens. Tight, tight leg. on the leaderboard, both fleets. It yeah, should be a great, absolutely. great leg. Um, but isn't that isn't that Bovo sixty fives? Is that what? Isn't that how it rolls? Yeah, always with the sixty fives. But it's the same with the Omokas as well. Um, great comeback from uh, from eleventh hour after all there. On the test rig. All <laughs> the test rig action. Um, anyway, so they're all tied up. So they go into Genoa in Italy. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. And then they have a, a little race on there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, happy days. It is. Very good. Uh, last thing I just want to let people know, uh, Malulaba Women's Keelboat Regatta is, is coming up in uh, end of July Start of August, so July 30 to August 1st. Um, all women crews from around Australia are invited 
to participate. Uh, you can have three or four crew members on it. Um, the reason I bring it up now is they're about to, if you just go to the Mooloola Bay Yacht Club webpage, you can register your interest because last year it sold out um, and it sold out within a couple of hours. So it's actually quite a popular little event because mm. in very limited space so they can't actually allow too many competitors and so forth. So um, if you're interested, uh, get your, your team together and, and jump onto that and go sailing. Good times. Good, good. Cool. I like it. All right. Well done. All right. Well lads. done to the guys that took out the etchels. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great week of sailing. <laughs> and uh, thanks for drinking all that sailor's lager. All right. See you, lads. See you. Go, Pete. Oh, sorry. Get my guitar. <laughs> <laughs>